church here months ago when I, when I preached, I said, God bad, take me through long trips, through a lot of verses. Oh. And he's took me through a lot more on this message because he whooped me big, big time through most of this. And when you hear me preaching, most of the time I'm preaching to me more than I am to anybody else because God has to lay a whooping on me to open my eyes. I'm hard-headed. Mama used to say I was one of the hard-headed person in the world, but if it wasn't for Mama, I wouldn't be here. Her prayers got me where I'm at, not mine, but hers. Well, I asked him at uh, jail ministry here a couple weeks ago. I asked him a question. I want to, I want to put this before everybody here, and then I'll tell you what I want to say at the end of this, if I can remember. If you don't remind me, and I'll tell you. I want all of you to put make a list in your mind of what you got to do, what's important from now till next Friday, the rest of this week and next week. What's important that you got to do? Pay bills. Wash your car, buy a car, whatever is important to you. Go see your family, play ball, go play golf, whatever is important to you. Make that list in your mind right here and just put it up there. I ain't asking you to write it down, but just keep your own. And keep yourself honest to your list when you get done. But I'm going to start reading in Psalms chapter 37. And it's going to go... A totally different way from what a lot of people are going to think it's going to go. Because I asked that same question myself when God was showing me this. And that's when the whooping started coming in. When he started showing me what my, question, what my answer should have been instead of what it was. Yeah. Psalms 37 verse 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as light, and thy judgment as noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait partly for him. Fret not thyself because of him who perish in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass, chase from anger. And forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that will wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place. His place. Not mine, not yours, but his place. And it shall, be, shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he, is, he seeth that. His day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy 
and to slay such as be of uprightness conversation. The sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bowels shall be broken. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. Bill, if you would pray over the reading of the word. When God first showed me this, I was reading it, and I said, well, what do you want me to get out of this, God? And he came up with an answer right there, and he asked me that. I was, he put that question before me. And I said, what do you want me to get out of that? He said, the fear of, the, fear of God. The fear of God, that's what's the matter with my churches, is the fear of God. People say, what do you mean? The fear of God is what's the matter with his churches. The churches do not fear God no more. They do not teach the fear of God. If we talk to fear of God the way we ought to, things would go back the way they used to be. Even the drunks, the thieves, and everything else feared God years ago. When I was growing up, it didn't make no difference what the man of God come in the house. You respected him. If you went by a church, you respected. You didn't pull into a church and just and just just tear up graves and tear up the churches. Nowadays, what do you see everywhere you go? They're tearing down the house of God. They're putting down the, the Word of God and everything. It, why is it? It's because the parents ain't teaching that there's a fear for God and for, for the, for the in a, in respect. God deserves more respect than your own mother and father because God's been better to every one of us than anybody that has ever been. God has blessed me so much in my life. He took me from being one of the biggest alcoholic and drunks in the world because of my mama's prayer for me to be saved. She would never let up on me. And she's she, she done her husband the same way, a man the same way that raised me that way. And now today, I have to ask people to pray for my children because I raised my children at the time before I was saved the same way Daddy raised me. Drink, drinking and running around with women and not caring about nobody but Come yourself. On, Come on. And now I had to sit around and apologize to people because of the way I raised my kids. They're not in church and I have to ask them to pray for them. Come on. Me and Gary said a prayer for my children last Sunday night over at the church. The last night of revival. God's going to answer my prayers. I believe that. I'm going to get to see my children saved. But God's been so good to me. He took drinking away from me. He took smoking away from me. He took running women away from me. He gave me one of the best wives in this world to back me, to uphold me, to live with me. She's the best part of me. But God done all this. Dwight didn't do it. People say, how did God do it? I had, I had drank so much. For seven years, I never come under a case of beer and a fifth of liquor for seven years. I was laying in bed and I got saved. And God, I told God, I prayed. I said, God, I can't do this on my own. I need some help. I ain't got the strength. Give me the strength. The very next morning, I wake up and I go to get me a beer. 
go drink a beer and I go swelling up and breaking out. They sent me to Weston to the, to, the, to the allergic clinic down there and they run them needles, 200 and some needles, three times in my back. And he come to me and he said, the only thing we found out that you're allergic to is hops and alcohol. Now it's the very next day. Tell me God wasn't there in that. Well, I drove a, tr drove a truck for 20 years. Bless the Lord. 12 years of that 20 years, I was smoking about four packs of cigarettes Bless a day. God says, hey, son, I've called you to preach. Now, that's another blessing God gave me. My mama, she got to see her son preach his first message. She's sitting in the church at Second Chance Church when I preached my first message with a smile on her face that ain't quit yet. But God got to hear it. He got to see it. She got to hear it. Got to see it. Have I always been perfect since? No. That's the reason why God laid a whooping on me over this right here. Fear the Lord. If we ain't careful in our walk of the Lord, we'll quit fearing God ourselves. People said, how do you get that? I fear God. Do we really fear God? When we're walking around tomorrow, do we fear God? Have we feared Him today? Do we put the fear of God where we're supposed to put the fear of God? Are you putting something in the world first? Where your heart is, that's where your love's at. See, Gary's been preaching revelations. What does he tell the church? You've yeah. lost your first love. Yeah. Well, God's supposed to be our first love and our all love. We ain't supposed to put nothing. I ain't supposed to put my wife. I ain't supposed to put my children. I ain't supposed to put my grandchildren. I ain't supposed to do none of that. I ain't supposed to put nothing before God. And when we're living like we want to, you'll see us prosper. Not because of us, because of God. God got, he let, allowed me to get a second chance at raising some children right. He got to let me raise two of my grandchildren to live with me. Well, here a little while back, I got to see one of them come to the Lord. Well, Sunday, I was supposed to help her baptize, and I figured out that I couldn't. Couldn't, couldn't help baptize her because I couldn't stood it. I'd have fell over. I got to stand right there and watch Gary and Hank baptize her. And it still liked to kill me. Not because of that, but because of joy. My heart was busting wide open because of joy, because God allowed me to get to see her saved. <laughs> And he's going to let me see my children say. If I make it out of this world and don't get saved, he's going to let me see it in heaven. It don't make no difference, people, what you got to do in life. The church is letting God down because they sit on these pews. And God says, hey, I need you to go over there and talk to such and such person. And we don't go and talk to them. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it. I'll do it next week. God tells you to talk to somebody. Go right there because He's got a reason for it. What's that reason? If you wait till next week, they might be dead. 
If you wait, wait next week, you might be dead. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not even promised to get to walk out that door tonight. So when we turn God down and we don't do what He tells us, are we fearing God? That's not fearing God. That's saying I'm better than you are. I know more than you do. And that's what we're bad to do. Say, hey, we're bad to put the cart before the horse. I'm the cart. God's the man that drives me. He drives me. He tells me what to do, when to do, how to do. Any good you see in me is from God. Any wrong you see in me, I'll take the blame for it. That's me. That's when I put myself before God. I take my eyes off of the Lord. Peter himself in the Bible got to walk on water. He walked a few steps till he took his eyes off the Lord. What did he do then? He went sinking. He said, Lord, hit me. Jesus had to reach down and pick him back up. But if he'd kept his eyes on the Lord, we should have to start with, it would have never happened. But the church, and I'm not just saying the church, everybody's sitting in the church, the people that's supposed to be God's people, has quit fearing God. They've quit teaching the fear of God. I can't teach the fear of God if I don't fear God myself. What am I showing people if I'm walking out here and I'm putting the world, my friends, my family, anything that I, if I'm putting stuff in front of God, what am I teaching the world? What am I showing the world in my walk? If my walk is not fearing God, how am I teaching the fear of God? Why fear these people that's out here walking in the earth? They can't do nothing but kill you and that's what's that? That's a blessing. You get to go on to be with the Lord quicker. Get to go on to heaven. Gary always says you can't fear a man of God with death. You can't fear him with heaven. It's a whole lot better place than this. And then we don't teach about hell being as hot as it is and as bad as it is. We'll let people sit right there and we'll be talking to them. I'm bad to do that. I'll be talking with my daughter. And finally I got tired of it and I told her. She said, me and God's got our own, my, our own thing worked out. I said, you and, I said, God and nobody's got their own thing worked out. I said, God's got the same thing for all of us. Salvation. Amen. He sent all heaven had to offer. The best it had to offer. For me. And for you. And he died for me. My Savior, Jesus Christ, he laid his life down for me. Why, I don't know, because I wasn't worth it. And I'm still not worth it. He died on that cross for me. He died on that cross for you. He come out of a perfect heaven. Jesus come from heaven for me. He never had to have none of this stuff. People said, well, what are you talking about? Jesus walked on earth to teach his disciples yep. how to be fishermen of men. Yep. He, he, so they could teach me. They could teach Butch. Right on down the generation where we could teach one another. But every generation is getting slacker and slacker and slacker and slacker. Yep. Just Some of us is older. Imagine what it's going to be like when these people that's 12 and 16 years old now, if the world stands long enough, 
what times is going to be like when my great-grandchildren grow up, if I ever have any. Imagine what, imagine what the world's going to be like if we don't start back loving our children. Now, people don't want to believe it, but loving our children the way we're supposed to. God says, spare the rod, spoil the child. What has this country done? Doesn't spoil every child out there. If it wasn't spoiled, there wouldn't be a kicking and a screaming in the stores and hollering, I want this. They think they are supposed to get whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want it. It don't make no difference who it hurts, what it hurts, or the outcome of it. They don't even care. As long as they get what they want, they don't care if it kills you. And the people in the church is doing it just as bad as the sinners. My grown children right now is not out, is not in. But one of them won't walk up with daddy standing there and disrespect Gary. Why? Because I'll knock his teeth out. That's the way I was brought up. You respect your elders. And his daddy told me, if you can't respect your elders, you just respect your betters. But he taught me respect. I taught mine respect. But I didn't teach them the respect of God. And that's where I let them down. I didn't didn't find God myself until they was done about grown. Because I didn't go to church. People say, well, what would you do if you could change things? If I could change things, the, first, the only thing that I know of that I'd really change, and instead of getting saved in 1998, I'd get saved in 1968. Why would this have changed then? I wouldn't have married the first woman I married. But I would still have my children. But I'd have went to church. I'd have found God quicker. Or God would have found me quicker. Yeah. I didn't find him. He found me. I wasn't worthy to be found. Bless him, Lord. But I'd have gotten the house of God and taught my children the fear of God. Yeah. And if I'd have done that, where would, where would I be then? Bless him. I would be closer to God. Do I think I would have been a big preacher, big name preacher? No, I don't want to be a big name preacher. I want to be a man of God. A lot of these big name preachers is what's matter with the world. They're after money. People say, oh, preachers? Yeah, preachers. They're after money. Am I talking about every preacher? No, there's God called preachers. You don't have to be. I I didn't go to school to preach. I didn't go to school to learn much. You can tell by the way of reading stuff. But God shows me what's right and what's wrong through the Word of God. That's why we don't fear God. We don't get it in the Word of God. A lot of people say, well, y'all, preach, y'all pray a whole lot over there. Yeah, we sure do, but we don't pray enough. If we stayed on our knees, we'd be where we need to be. Right under God's will all the time. If we could pray without ceasing, that's where we'd be. I told him, 
at the jail, I said, hey. They'll say, well, no man knows that. I said, well, back up. Don't even, I said, don't even finish your sentence. I said, I know I'm going to heaven. Yeah. Amen. I know I'm going to heaven. Hey. I don't know about nobody else. <laughs> I got my beliefs about some. But I know where I'm going. If you don't know where you're going, it's time to check up. And I had one to tell me, how you know when God's drawing? I said, evidently you ain't never had him drawing you or you would tell me. He said, what do you mean? I said, tonight God got me. I said, I knowed he was drawing me. And I knowed it was the last chance this boy had. Either tonight or not. People said, boy, you know, I, was, I, was, I had been to a Christmas program. And most of them teach about the birth of Christ. But at the end of this, they taught about Jesus dying on that cross for me. Amen. They told me what Jesus done for me. Amen. How about that? What Jesus Christ done for me. Listen. He gave his life for me. He gave up a ghost. He went to hell for three days fighting the devil and preaching to the lost souls there. Now, y'all listen to this. This is my victory and your victory. Jesus did not need these victories that people think it's all for him. It wasn't for him. He wanted to be in heaven with his Father where everything was perfect, glorifying God the Father. That's where he really wanted to be. That's why he prayed in the Garden of Yosemite. Till it comes to drops of blood, sweat could become drops of blood. Father, not my will, but thine will be done. God's will is no man should perish, but all come to him. Jesus went to hell, fought the devil, come out of the grave. Victors over death, hell, and the grave. For me. Not for him, for me. And for you, if you love him. Why fear man? Fear that which can condemn your soul to hell after. That's what you better fear. God can put you in the middle of hell. And I tell them boys, it's jail. I said, now if you want to know how hot hell is and how bad it is, I said, these bars, and I'll be holding them bars I was talking to them. I said, these bars right here, this is how hot hell's going to be. The instant the heat of hell hits them bars, they'll be like water. And your neighbor beside you is going to be biting you, screaming, and hollering. Please, God. Get me out of here. Please, give me a drink of water. Please. Can you save my soul? No, it's too late. People say, well, how can God send somebody to a place like that? God don't. He prepared a way for us. He gave us a way out. We put ourselves in hell or we put ourselves in heaven. It's a choice. My choice was Jesus that's my choice. Jesus. The blood of Jesus. They'll say, well, he shed a drop of blood for you. No, he didn't. He shed every drop of blood for me. Ever drop. He shed every drop for you. 
So when you fear God, now this is how a Christian, now a lot of people don't believe it, but this is how a Christian shows his love to God. How do you get that? You'll respect what you fear. You'll learn about what you fear. You'll read about what you fear. He was showing me all this about fear. And I said, well, God, I fear you. Do you fear me enough? Do you fear me enough? Did you tell anybody about how good I've been to you today? Did you tell your children how much I love them today? Did you tell that brother of yours has walked away from God. How much I love him. Bless him. How much I love you. Bless him, Lord. Did you tell that stranger how wonderful God is today? Bless him. Did you talk to anyone today and tell them how great God loves you? If you fear God like you ought to, you'll tell people about it. Because if they don't learn to fear God, they're going to go to hell. Well, fear won't get them in hell. Most people, most people will not repent if they don't fear God. The very beginning of it is fearing God. And he's took me through all these verses. I've been studying it and looking at it. There's like 74 different places in the Old Testament where he talks about fearing God, the fear of God. There's 24 different places in the New Testament. And I got all of them wrote down. And I was going to try to read through most of them, but it'll take a while if I do which we got all night. It's all God's time. But I'm going to read Psalms 23, and and now this will show you how much God loves us and what he'll do for us if we allow him. It ain't whether he wants to or not. It's us allowing God to work through us and in us and around us. This is my favorite chapter, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why? Because if I fear him and serve him like I want to, he'll give me not, not just what I need, but desires of my heart. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the still waters. Making me to lie down in green pastures and leadeth me beside the still waters. If I fear God, He'll lead me. He'll guide me. He'll deliver me wherever I need to go. It don't make no difference if you're talking to the meanest white man in the world. If He kills you, you're going to heaven. You're better off. But if you win that soul to God, Show him the way to God. 
Imagine how blessed them angels in heaven are going to rejoice God. And every time we can lead one to God, we're one step closer to getting there ourselves. Yes, sir. Amen. And me and Gary and a lot of us preachers believe the same thing there. I believe God's got a number in his head. And when that last soul gets saved, but she's going to walk up and say, Son, go get your bride. Go get your bride. It's over. It's done. I've had all I can stand. You know, God's done had more than he could possibly stand. In the days of Noah, he said he grieved his heart. Man grieved his heart. Grieved the heart of God. What are we doing today? Times as bad or worse than it was then. What are we doing? We're grieving his heart. It's time to quit grieving his heart and telling people about God and how much he loves you. It's time we open up our heart and love him 1% of what he loves us. How do we love him? Fearing him and showing people what good he is. What he's done for you. Did God just sit down and say, hey, come to me all you want to and I'll just save you? I got into it with this man, with a man in, in, in Walmart in Elkin. He comes up passing these little old verses thing wrote out and said, you believe everybody's going to heaven? I said, I know everybody ain't. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, said, I believe when the, when the time comes, he's just going to say, everybody just come on in. Anybody that believes that? Ain't read that Bible. They ain't read the same Bible I've read. They ain't got convicted by the same God I did. God tells me if I don't walk straight now, I ain't entering in. If I don't respect Him and fear Him, I ain't entering in. But yet He thinks, now, any of you's got children, you know how you love them. Well, you know how God loved His. How many people think God's going to look over at Jesus and say, hey, son? You went and died on that cross. There wasn't no need. You didn't have to. I was just joking with you. Bless him, Lord. And say, I'm going to let them all come in. That ain't going to happen, people. Bless him, Lord. That ain't going to happen. He's going to say, hey, son, go get your bride. They're the only ones that's coming in here. Yeah. All them others are going to a devil's hell. And people say, well, what? And, and when, he, when he does all this, and when we enter in, people say, well, what are you going to do? You ain't going to remember your children, your lost children, and your lost loved ones. You ain't going to remember them. And I can prove you that in the Bible. I say, how you, can you prove that? He says, when he tells you, enter in my good and faithful servant, he's going to wipe away all tears. No more pain, no more suffering, no more sorrow. How many of you, if you was in heaven, you know your child was over in hell suffering, wouldn't be a crying? You ain't going to know them no more. Well, that's me. No, that ain't me. That's a blessing. Just like a blessing you have here. God blesses us with our children. So why can't we bless him by making them respect him? Now just think about that. 
God blessed me with my children. But I didn't bless him with my children by raising them the way I should. I'll have to pay for that. I have to answer for that. And I know I'm going to have to. But I still pray for my children three times a day. Every time I eat, when I first get up, when I go to bed, every chance I get, people say, well, how do you know when you're talking to God? If you don't know when you're talking to God, you better get back up here. Because you either ain't never known Him or you've got away from Him. You've left your first love. He said, faithful over a few things, but you've left your first love. God is our first love. Our next love is our wife or our husband. It's supposed to be. If you got God where you're supposed to be, you're going to respect your wife or your husband because they're part of you. You see, people, people say, well, what about these people that had two or three wives? I've had two. People say, well, you ain't supposed to be a preacher. Why, that ain't a word of truth in it. I don't got but one wife now. And God didn't recognize my first marriage because neither one of us was in the church. Neither one of us was saved. Neither one of us raised our children for God. So therefore, God never recognized that marriage. It was never sanctified. Me and my second wife wasn't in church when we first met. But when I got saved, and we started going to church, and she got saved, God sanctified our marriage. So now, I'm married to one wife, one woman. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Now all this I'm talking about, that's for his name's sake. He's given me more than I ever deserved. If I got what I deserved, I'd been in hell a long time ago. I'd went to hell the night before he saved my soul. People say, how do you know he saved your soul? Because he lives in here. He took old drunk, hateful, no good for nothing man. He picks him up out of the married mug. And he puts love in his heart for everyone. I went from being one of the hatefulest human beings I've ever been to, to trying to be one of the most loving human beings that's ever been. Looking, not, looking for bad in no one, looking, looking for the good in them. And he made me understand that. Part of my stuff got stolen. I was mad for a little while, but I got to thinking, hey, they got a soul. I got to pray for their soul. I got to love them. I got to pray for them. I pray for them daily. I pray for every lost soul daily. That's my main prayer. God, let me tell somebody that's lost about you. Let me tell somebody that's backslid and walked away from you about how wonderful you are. Well, that's the problem with the churches. There's so many out there that thinks just because they said, Lord, forgive me, 
and they found God then, or God found them. They think they're going to live off that the rest of their life, sit right there and never do nothing, never help God. They might be one of the ones that makes them by the skin of their teeth. I don't know. But if they got what God give me, they'd get out of them benches and they'd start loving somebody. But I love somebody. No, you don't. You ain't telling about God. You don't love them. Now that's a fact. If you don't love, if you don't tell them about God, you don't love them. And I'm not just talking about your own children. I'm talking about all your family, your nieces, your nephews, your aunts, your uncles, the stranger you meet on the street. We're supposed to love their soul enough to tell them about how good God is. That's the love of God. He loved us enough He gave His Son for us. That's how much He loved us. So we're supposed to tell them about His Son and how much both of them loved us. God sent us a comforter. The third part of God. To comfort me. To comfort Gary, to comfort Butch, to comfort you if you're saved. He did not send them to comfort the lost. He sent them to convict the lost. To let them know when he was calling. There's so many preachers. He gets out here and tells people, go, you can be saved. You can be saved. Yeah, they can. His name ain't Bennett. And he ain't in it. But his name God and he is in it if he's drawing you. But if he ain't in it, you ain't getting it. I don't care who you are. You ain't getting it if God ain't in it. How do you know when God's drawing you? If you're like me, you're going to feel it in here and you're going to have cold chills all over you. If you can't describe to me how you felt, how it made you feel better, you might be wanting to doubt it and get back on your knees and figure out and say, hey, pray to God say, hey, show me when you're convicting me. Show me when you're talking to me. I'd be riding down the road and God say, hey, son, you messed up right over yonder. Boy, you're going to have to ask for repentance right there. You messed up. And it ain't two days later either. It's right then immediately God shows me say, hey, you know you shouldn't have said that. You know you shouldn't have done that. It's time for you to get on your knees. It's time for you to pray. There's so many Christians sitting on the pews. They forgot how to pray. They forgot when to pray. Well, let me tell you something. God still loves you. You know where to find Him? right back where you left him God didn't leave you you left him son I love you but you got to fear me a praying man fears God a praying woman fears God I was raised by a God fearing woman that truly believed as the song says, truly believe. I don't believe, I know. She knowed. She knowed what her salvation was. I know what mine is. Butch knows what his is. But he can't tell what mine is. And I can't tell him what his is. I know I'm going. 
And he can tell me whether he's going or not. When they tell you you can't know whether you're going or not, you need to look them in the eye and say, something wrong with you. You need to get on your knees and find what I got. You need to find what I got. Because God told me he loved me. And you think he didn't show me when he took that drinking away from me? When he took them cigarette habits away from me? And that's all he said to me. He said, son, you want to quit? Put them down. I'll give you the strength. Put them down. I put them down. They ain't smoked one to this day. And I don't want one. I can sit around people smoking. It don't bother me. I don't want them. God took it away from me. That's the kind of God I serve. That's the God I serve. He loves me. But now he loves me better. People say, what do you mean? God loves everyone. What did it say right there? He loves them all. He don't love their ways. But when you come to him, he shows you even better love. <laughs> how, does he get, how, how does it get better? He shows you how to love. He shows you how to love like his son loved. That you would give your life for. So when you say, does God talk to you? If he don't, in my book, there's something wrong. And it ain't wrong with God. Who's it wrong with? If he ain't talking to you, if you're saved and he ain't talking to you, something's standing in the way. Something's standing in the way. And it ain't God. So who is it? There ain't but one person standing in the way of your salvation. <laughs> one person can stand in the way of your salvation. One person can send you to hell. One person can send you to heaven. If God's convicting you, that one person's you. And he tells us God's spirit will not always dwell with man. People say, what do you mean by that? It means exactly what he said. It's not always going to draw you. There comes a time when he's had enough. I'm done. I'm not drawing you no more. Well, do you know where you're at then? I've heard people tell, I heard a man tell my daddy that one time coming back from South Carolina. He said, Charlie, and my daddy was drunk then. He hadn't got saved yet. He said, Charlie, he said, let me tell you something. He said, you don't want to die like you are. My dad said, I'm planning on getting saved. He said, you can't always get saved the way you want to. He said, people telling you that, that you can get saved whenever you want to is wrong. He said, I was sitting in church here a little while back, and he said, God was drawing me. He said, he told me, he was talking to me, and he said, hey, this is your last chance. He said, I've been to church every service since. He said, it's been over six months. God still ain't never drawn me yet. He said, I don't think he ever will. My mama said, well, I'll pray that he will. But when God gets done with you, it's too late. And not only that, people say, well, you got to the last minute. You don't know when that last minute's going to be. 
I'll put it off to next week. There's people out there put it off to next week and didn't make it till tomorrow. There's people left church Sunday. They put it off and didn't, didn't make it till Monday. There's people probably put it off last night and didn't make it till this morning. When's the time? Now's the time. Now's the time of salvation. While God's here. And people let me tell you, God ain't just talking to me. Love me. Fear me. Talk about me. One another. Rejoice. Help one another. You say, I can't get you saved. I can't keep you saved. But I can help you along the way. You can help me along the way. We can uplift one another. And that's part of what's went wrong. People quit uplifting one another. They think they're better than thou. Holier than thou. I ain't nothing but an old speck of dirt. The lowest of lows, like Paul, I have to die daily. You can't get no lower than what I was, where I was at when, when God come to me. Because I couldn't go to him. My arms couldn't reach high enough. I could have climbed on a hundred ladders. I could have got on top of the Empire State Building. My arms wouldn't reach high enough. But God reached down. He said, son, I love you. Will you love me back? Will you be one of mine? Well, see, I know about this part about getting away from him because one time I got away from him. When did I get away from him? He was calling me to preach, and I was running. I was running from him. See, I know both sides of this story. I was running from him. I said, you don't want me to preach. I ain't worthy. And I still don't feel worthy to get up here and talk about him because of nothing but a speck of dirt. But he makes me that way. Amen. He makes me worthy. And, he, and I run from him and got away from him. And I was miserable. And if you're running from God, that's the most miserable you'll ever be in your life. So if you're running from him, the altar's here. It's always open. I know this altar, Holy Cross, you're like one at our church it's always open always somebody to pray with you if there ain't nobody there and it's during the week and ain't nobody there pick up a phone and call somebody Bless they'll come Lord. and pray with you Bless because you don't always as he says he ain't always drawing you but he when he's fighting when you're fighting him what is he doing? He's fighting, trying to get you back. He leaves the other 99, as the saying goes, and comes to get me. He come back after me after a while. When he seen I was in a state that I couldn't get no lower, he come to me and he said, Now, son, are you ready to preach? Yes, God, I am. I'm ready. I announced my calling to preach. Two weeks later, Terry Cole let me preach my first message at Second Chance Church. 
And God has blessed me better than any, I think I'm blessed better than anybody in the world. If you don't feel like you're the blessed person in the world, you ain't got God exactly where he needs to be. Fear him. Fear him. Pray with him. Pray for him. Pray with him. Pray. Talk with him. God, come in. Move in. Show me, show me how to fear you more. That's our way of showing God how much we fear him. Asking him for his help to guide us, to lead us, to direct us. I can't do nothing on my own. As the song says, I can't even walk. I can't talk. I can't walk. I can't stand. I can't even act like I got no sense without God. Because without God, I ain't got none. And I'm not going to say is it because I ain't. <laughs> and it, but he just, yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death. Now listen to him. I shall fear no evil. I shall fear no evil. Why do I not have to fear no evil? Because the only person I got to fear is God. I tell the marriage church and I believe it. You know why David was a man after God's own heart? He always had God in his mind and on his heart. He always had a prayer. Always asked God to forgive him. Always had God on his mind. If you got God on your mind and you got God in your heart, he's always with you. You can't walk fast enough. You can't run fast enough to get away from him if you got him on your mind and in your heart. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, thou comfort me. Thou preparest the table for me. Now you hear it? Preparest the table for me. Son, go get your bride. Son, go get your bride. There's our table. I don't care about walking on the streets, go. Don't care about no mansion. I just want to be able to bow at his feet and tell him how much I love him for what he's done for me. I don't care. But people say, I'm going to see this and I'm going to see that. When we get to heaven, we all going to be doing the same thing. Praising and worshiping God. Praising and worshiping God. So why don't we practice down here? Get ready. Rejoice. Have a good time. But we won't. We'll sit in church with our hands folded, our feet crossed, and just sit there. And just sit there. And sit there. Don't God ever move in your heart? I, sometimes when people won't say amen or won't shout hallelujah, glory, thank you, Jesus, or won't, or won't get up and tell them what Jesus done for them and all this, won't, won't testify about God, God being so good, it makes me wonder. 
I know how good God is to me. I don't believe as the song says. I know. That's why I say, Amen. What glory? Praise the Lord. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Thou preparest a table before me and the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. <laughs> my cup runneth over. My cup runneth over every day. Because I tell you this, people might not believe it. I don't got I don't have nothing. Not a thing do I have that if God says give it to somebody, I give it to them. If God says give it to him, I'll give it to him. If I'm on the street, riding down the street, and there's a man standing on the corner, God says give him a hundred dollars, I give him a hundred dollars. If he says give him twenty, I give him twenty. Well, God don't do that. Oh, yes, He does. Yes, He does. And so, how you get that? I've been in them street corners with them trucks and pull up and, and just stick my hand in my pocket and I pull out to have nothing but a twenty dollar bill. I say, yes, Lord, I know what you want. Because He done told me to give them something. Well, what they want? Well, I pull it out of my pocket. There you go. You got it. Well, I was in Raleigh one one winter out there on Saunders Street, pulled down to go to McDonald's over there, and there was a man standing there. It was sixteen degrees and the wind blowing. And I pulled up beside him. I said, brother, get in. I said, get in here where it's warm. He didn't even have a coat. I said, I said, why ain't you over here? He said, they run me off. They won't let me stay over. I ain't got no money. He said, I'm hungry, cold, won't let me stay over. I, I said, well, just wait a minute. And I pulled down there to the end of the exit. We got out and walked across the street. Talking to that woman said, he can't come in here. I said, he can. She said, why? I said, he got $100 right there. He got enough to eat on all day if he wants to. Stay right here and stay warm. She said, well, I, I give him a $100 bill. I said, there, you got $100. Go eat. That's what God told me. I said, when you get done eating, I said, if I'm still here, but if I ain't, find somebody to take you right up here to Walmart and buy you a coat. Amen. People said, oh, you shouldn't have done that. A man standing out in the, in the, in the weather at 13 to 15 degrees and the wind blowing with no coat on. He ain't standing there because he's warm, I tell you that. Amen. And he hugged my neck and was crying. He said, I love you. I said, Bub, I love you. I said, but you need to go get you a coat. He said, give me five minutes. I said, yes, sir. He bought him a bag of food. He got in the truck. I drove him out at Walmart. He went in and got him a coat. People say, oh, he just won't look. He didn't come out with no liquor. He didn't come out with no beer. He come out with a coat and a pair of shoes. What the man come out with? But it don't, and I told him at the church, I said, it don't make no difference. I give him what God told me to give him. Once you give a man what God tells you to give him, don't turn around and look to see where he goes. It don't make no difference. You've done your part. You've got your blessing. Why are you trying to kill another man's blessing? Well, I had one time, well, he might go buy a bottle of beer. I said, sometimes that bottle of beer is worth more to a person than anything in the world. If you've ever been there, you'll know what I'm talking about. 
to an alcoholic that is on a down, coming off alcohol, he's sick. He's just like a drug addict. He's sick. He's got to have so much of it. If he don't, he can't make it unless he's got God like I had him. Because I couldn't, I didn't. God stopped me from drinking. And God gave me the strength to go through it. But it's time for us to quit worrying about what everybody else in the world thinks. It's time for us to worry about what God thinks. What does God think? If he's telling you to do something, that's what you're supposed to be worried about. Because that's what you're supposed to be doing. Amen. If he's telling you to preach, you're supposed to be a preacher. If he's telling you to sing, you're supposed to be a singer. Amen. If he's telling you to shout, you're supposed to be a shouting. Amen. But it don't make no difference. He's telling us to love the spirit, the inner man. Yeah. Love them enough, you'll give them God's word. Now that's the love of God, given what He gives you. When God saved you, did He say, oh, you ain't worth it? Did Jesus say, oh, you ain't worth it? I ain't going to do it for you. I've done it for that. No, He said, all is worth it. All is, everyone's worth it. He gave His life for me. He gave His life for the man standing on the street corner. He gave his life for everybody that lives on this earth Amen. until he quits calling them. And then it's too late. He don't care then where they go. People say, well, you mean, well, he's done cured all he could carry. Give him all he could give him. The next thing is up, the next step's up to us. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what we're after. That's the love of God that we're after. Dwell in the house of the Lord. Well, see, they'll say, well, that's the Old Testament. Well, listen here. In the Old Testament, when it says Lord, capital letters, talking about the same Lord they're talking about in the New Testament. Jesus Christ has been with God since the, since the beginning. Since the beginning, he's been with him. He was there when he, made the, when he made the world. When he said, let there be light, Jesus was with him. Right then. And he loved us so much that he made himself in three parts for us. Jesus was all man, but he's all God. The Spirit the Holy Spirit is all God. See, God separated Himself, made the Son, because He knows He's going to have to give them for old wretch like me throughout the times. People prophesized about Jesus all them years. Well, the prophesying over the Bible's done full. Yeah. Ain't no more prophesying to be done. The next thing that's going to happen is done been told. Yeah. Jesus is coming back. Well, when Jesus left, he left his comforter. He split himself and left his soul here for a comforter. And he went to the right hand of the Father to make intercession for me and for you. God the Father, fear him. God the Son, fear him. God the Holy Spirit, fear him. The only thing I can find different of any other sin in this Bible 
The only sin that I've seen that he's showed any difference in is a sin against the Holy Spirit. That's the only place I see where he makes any difference in sin in the whole Bible. People say, well, my sin was little. Well, he speaks right here in Proverbs chapter 6. You go in there and start in 16. He tells you seven things, six things God hates and seven is abomination. I tell him boys at jail, I say, hey, I said, New Testament's where you need to be when you first get saved in one way. I said, but if you really, really, now you listen to it, and I'm telling all of you, if you really want to see what God hates and what he wants, study Proverbs. And you'll find out what God hates, what he stands for, and what he is. Proverbs is the best study to me now. That's my feeling. That's the best study in the Bible because you find out everything that God hates, everything he loves, and everything he stands for. You find out about everything he wants you to love, everything he wants you to hate, and everything he wants you to stand for. And now, the question I asked a while ago, what I put before you, now, Remember this part of it. Where was God on your list? On Thursday, tomorrow, where was God on your list? On Friday, where was God on your list? On Saturday, where was God on your list? Well, on Sunday, most of us are going to be on, on God because we're going to church. And again, well, on Monday, where was God on your list? On Tuesday, where was God on your list? On Wednesday, most likely going to be back on church because we got church Wednesday night, most of us. We have, I guess y'all have. On Thursday again, where was God on your list? On Friday, where was God on your list? And it's just like he slapped me in the face with a two by four. I had to say, God, you went not there first every day. Bless him. Bless him, Lord. Amen. And that's what I told them. I was truthful with them. After I told them the truth. I ain't going to lie to them. I ain't going to go up there and preach to them boys and then turn around and tell them a lie. I said, he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't on my head of my list every day. He wouldn't. I said, I'll be honest with you. I said, it's a shame on me. I said, if he ain't first on your list, it's shame on you. But during this message, I had to get on my knees and say, God, forgive me. Please, please help me always put you first. Please. If we can't admit our faults to other people, how do we expect them to admit their faults to God? People come to you, they'll come to you and they'll say, do you think it's a sin? If they ask me that question, I can tell you what the answer is going to be when they ask me that. I said, yep. I said, you done already answered your own question because you wouldn't be asking me if you didn't think. I said, he's done working, he's done convicting you. He's done convicting you. So, yeah, it's wrong. I said, it might not be for me, but it is for you, so you better leave it alone. And he gave us 
all these commandments, and Jesus gives us. But if the fear of God were hinges, now you just think about all ten commandments, and the one that Jesus gives to love one another as we love ourselves. All of them hinge on the fear of God. Hinges right there on the fear of God. If we fear God, we're going to learn about God. We're going to respect God. And we're going to do His work. And now, some of these verses, if some of you want to know them, where He talks about it in uh, the New Testament. Matthew 10, 28, he talks about the fear of God. Luke 1 and 50, Luke 12, 5, Luke 23, 40, Acts 10, 35, Acts 13, 16, Romans 11, 20, 2 Corinthians 7, 1, Ephesians 5, 21, 6, 5. Second Philippians 2.12 Colossians 3.22 Hebrews 5.5 James 2.19 Peter 1.17 Peter 3.2 First John 16, 18. 1 John 1, 16 through 18. Now here's the main one. Revelations 11, 18. 14 and 7. 19 and 5. And as me and Gary said a while ago, fear is the beginning of wisdom. So what does that tell you? Fear is when you start learning about God. Now I'm done. I'm going to give it to Butch. But I pray if any of you is not where you needed to be with God, you're not put him on that list first every day, you need to be where I said I had to be, on my knees. But first and foremost, if you ain't saved, there's no time like a present to get on your knees before an almighty God. I tell them boys at jail, I said, I can show you the words in the Bible, the steps it takes to be saved. I said, I can pray with you. I can pray for you, but not for your salvation. You had to pray that yourself. One guy asked me, he said, well, how am I supposed to pray? I said, just like you're talking to me. He said, what do you mean? I said, talk to God just like you talk to me. Amen. That's the way he hears you, talking the way you talk. Yes, sir. There's no perfect words no. for no kind of prayer to God Amen. except, Lord, forgive me. Amen. Not my will, but thine will. His own son Sits down here and in the Bible, you can search all the scripture. Anywhere you want to search it. Not one time. And him being God himself. Do you hear him say, my will. It's always the will of the Father. 
Not my will, but thine will. So what are we supposed to want? Not my will, but God's will. Word tonight, that's for sure. And it lined right up just like it's supposed to. I'm going to tell you something about fear. I don't care what it is. If you don't fear it, you don't respect it. You don't respect it if you don't fear it. I was driving over to the restaurant this evening, going down 77. Wife done told me she'd done been Winston to the doctor today and said the law was everywhere. And right up the road, on the other side of the road, the blue light. I happened to look down the speedometer and I was running about 78 miles an hour. <laughs> I automatically slowed down. Why? Respect and fear. And I would have been guilty if he'd have been clocking me. If he'd pulled over, what would you say? I'm guilty. I was going down to the lake a few months back. I come up on a 35 mile an hour zone. I know it was there, I just completely forgot about it. I looked, there set the law. I looked down at my speed, I'm trying to run 45. Well, he pulled right out behind me. And I just, the stoplight was green. I just went on to it and pulled right over. Then he cut the light on. And rolled the rail window down. I said, I figured I'd just as well as a pull over because when I seen you, it was too late. And I looked down and I, I know I, I'm guilty. That's what I told him. I said, I'm guilty. He said, well, where are you going? And I told him. He said, well, do you think you could come through here a little slower the next time? I said, yes, sir. I'll try my best to remember. <laughs> and he let me go. Okay. But I feared and respected him. I fear the law and respect the law. I fear my wife, respect her. I feared my mama and my daddy and respected them. I fear you as a brother in Christ, and I respect you. I'd never want to do God says... Touch my money. We're going to do this in a loving yeah, way. That's right. Amen. Amen. Yes, we sir. do it in a loving way. Yes, sir. And, uh, but you know what? Above all the things we've mentioned, and we could just mention so many of them, I fear God more than all of them because he's saying none of the rest of them can send me to hell. That's it. That's none it. of them. Now, they can put me in jail, write me a ticket. Kill me or whatever. But I belong to God. Yes, and I'm sure of that. Amen. I'm sure of that. My name is in the book of life. Amen. I'm sure of that. Because of the relationship I have and the fear I have for God. I, I go to bed fearing him. I wake up fearing him. And I fear him every step I take every day. Yes, sir, I try to do as he leads me to do. And the best I can do, I fail him. But I, I'm like David. God forgive me. God have mercy. Sometimes we fell in big. And we have to do a little extra time in prayer and tell them how sorry we are. 
Why should we tell God we're sorry? Because he created us. He made us. He's the one that offered us this eternal life. And for us to take it and act like it means nothing to us. You heard him say where God said he's going to laugh one day. At all those that refuse him. You can go to the book of Proverbs, first chapter, and read it again. Amen? Laugh at your calamities come. And uh, what kind of God would do that? An all just God. Because Jesus, he come to do two things. The first was to give us eternal life. And the second was destroyed sin. And he's getting ready to nip it in the bud. Amen. He's getting ready to do away with it for long. And then it's going to be over. And then... Where you was talking about entering to the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of the Lord. You ain't going to remember people that didn't get there. Like you said, like the preacher said. You're entering into the joy of the Lord. It's all going to be joy. And righteousness and love and peace and harmony. Ain't God's word wonderful? Food for your soul. God gave you just exactly what you needed tonight. I mean, who didn't fall under the category as being guilty? We all did. But we can do better, right? right? Every one of us can do better. Even the preacher, right? Right. We can all do better. He's done told you as much tonight. He said, how in the world can I stand up here and preach to you if I can't own up to my own failures, my own faults? The Bible said, confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. Amen? Amen. I want to be healed. Amen. I want to stand for the Lord. I want people to know know that I love God. And that's why I tell them I love God. And I said, I want you to know I love God. Dwight said tonight, I want you to know that I love God. Amen? Because he stood on his word. You know, the devil paints a pretty picture. And I ain't trying to... I mean... You covered it all tonight. But the devil tries to paint a pretty picture to all the world and to the Christians sometimes. Try to get you to dive a little bit here and a little yeah, bit there. It's going to end up breaking your heart. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's going to end up absolutely breaking your heart. Sure when, when God told David he was going to take his son, and that was David's fault. It should have been David, but God wasn't through with him. And God, David caused his own child to have to die. Yes, he did. He did. His sins. So don't ever think it. Your sins don't affect people. Uh-uh. In your home, in your life, or in your church, or, or whether your neighbors or whoever. Everything you do affects the people that you meet, the people that you're around. Yes, sir. The people that you worship with, the per- people that you work with. Your life has purpose. Your life has meaning. Just like Dwight said tonight. And we need to check up every day. Check up every day. Come on up here, honey. We're going to give a song. I ain't going to say no more because there's been enough said. But we've been letting God speak what he wanted tonight. 
listen, I don't know where your heart's at. I hope and I hope everybody in here is safe. I feel like you all may be, but they might be somebody that's not, or they might be somebody that's not sure. We're going to give you every opportunity. Amen. Right there sits the man of God, 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 right there sits the man of God. They're all over the place. Amen. Any of them be glad to come up here and pray with you. Amen. And any of you Christians, any of you brothers and sisters in Christ will be glad to come up here and pray. That's all I was saying. You got a need? While she's doing this song, maybe you just want to come and just pour your heart out to the Lord. Maybe you just want to come and say, God, you know, I'm sorry. One more time. I may not I may not be around tomorrow, Lord. I want to tell you I'm sorry today. I want to tell you I love you today, Lord. I want my I want to let my light shine. You you live in my heart. You made me who I am. There ain't no good in me, God, except for you. You were so good to me. You were so merciful to me. You sent the man of God tonight to to, to remind me of things that I needed to be reminded of. This man spoke the truth tonight. God was able to speak through him. We all need to get closer to God. We all need to get stronger in our faith. You know, uh, the Bible teaches us to do what we're doing right here tonight. He said, forsake it not, assembling yourselves together so much the more as the day draws nigh. We've come together. There's just one church, but these other church families here tonight. Amen. But I'm glad I'm in that one church that knows Jesus. Is your name in the Lamb's Book of Life? It ain't, it can be. Brother Dwight Dunn told you, he said, I can't save you, but I can sure pray with you. And I can tell you about the one that lives in me. He spoke of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost lives in me tonight. What is the Holy Ghost? It's the Spirit of God. The same Spirit that has to be there in order for you to be saved. It will bring tears to your eyes. It'll bring honesty out of your heart. And it'll clean. It will start cleansing you from within. <laughs> it ain't the outside that needs cleaning up. I ain't, sm- ain't there one of you stunk tonight. I ain't smelt neither one of you. Amen. But it's the inside. Everybody's done had a bath. They smell good. They look good and everything. But is your heart clean? Amen. That's what it's all about is our heart clean. We've got to have a clean heart. The Lord said, I'm coming back to get my bride a church without spot, without blemish in it. You know, we gotta we gotta keep ourselves. We gotta have oil in our lamps. We gotta have extra. We gotta have enough in case we in one of them weak moments. Maybe our, our lights are getting sort of dim. Are you saying, God? I need some more of that oil. That's the Holy Spirit of God. He already lives in me. But I want more. Amen. 
Is there not a cause? That's right. Ah, Lord Jesus. It's so good to gather together with our brothers and sisters tonight all throughout the community. And Lord, it's what a blessing it's been, Father, down through the years to get to share your love that you've placed in their hearts with one another and get to hear these men of God, Lord, that will stand and speak the truth and we can learn and from them, Lord, and we can get closer to you. And you said how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel and, and bring glad tidings, Lord. And Father, we're here to, to speak, to bring the good news tonight, Lord, and the good news that you're still in the saving business. And Father, you're still willing to save old wretches like us, God. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, God, how blind I was. But but now I see it. It, it ain't with the eyes, as Brother Phil told the man, that, that when he saw the sunset, and he said, I wish I could see that with my new eyes. And he asked him, Lord, well, have you got new eyes? And he said, yes. Ever since the day Jesus saved my soul, I don't see nothing the way I used to. God, I don't see things the way I used to see them. Lord, I couldn't see the beauty. I, I couldn't see the flowers for the trees. Uh, and I couldn't see the mountains, uh, uh, Father, for the fog uh, or for the rain. Uh, but God, you have cleared it all up uh, and you've made it. You've made it so real, so true. And I no longer walk in darkness. Lord, I thank you that you're the light that I look to every day. And I believe every one of your children in here tonight does the same. So, Father, we want to thank you for this hour you've given us to come and spend together to hold one another up in prayer. Lord, bless our brothers and sisters here tonight. Bless those that watch our program. Lord, just pour God, some of them need healing. Some of them need deliverance. Some of them are sad and a broken heart. Some of them's had tragedies in their homes and in their life, or sickness, or I don't know what. But God, you know what they need. And Father, we pray for those needs tonight. And God, we pray that you continue to bless these men of God here this month as we continue on in revival. Father, whether it's here at Holy Cross or at Solid Rock or wherever it might be going on, brother down in Denver this week. God, just pour your spirit out and let the truth come out and cleanse every one of us, Lord. We all need the cleansing that can only come from you. And we thank you for hearing and honoring these prayers tonight with we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Hallelujah. Anybody?